All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosen. The show starts now. My goodness, are the boys buzzing right now or what? Six straight victories for the Maple Leafs, 10 of 12. It's the Friday edition of Leafs Morning Take, Nick Alberga and Jay Rosen, who is back from Cancun. A bit of a 10 there, I see too. Great to see yeah, the sun's free down there. It's uh, might as well sit in there a little bit. But uh, yeah, man, the boys are buzzing right now. I mean, this is what it looks like. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. But this is uh, this is what Daddy likes. <laughs> I, I forgot what it feels like after the Leafs just fucking pound a team. Never mind the reigning defending Stanley Cup champions. It just it hits differently, especially on a Friday. We're feeling great about life. Uh, you're feeling better, which is great to see. I know we had. Uh, Created an over-under last week on drinks. I think we set it at like 45 and a half. Were you the over or the under over the uh, one-week span in Mexico? Oh, I was probably under. I was feeling pretty gross there and was not on the sauce. Everything about being down there, the sun, the heat, the food, the drinks, it was all making me worse. So I had to pump the brakes on that. But, um, you know, there's other stuff you can uh, you can do to keep uh, to keep feeling good and everything else. So, yeah, probably didn't hit that 45 benchmark, man. Sorry. That's unfortunate. Maybe consult Michael Buble on that front. Uh, I'm trying to think back to last year. You went on a trip, man, and you came back and you look like an absolute lobster. It could have been in the summer when we were recording something. You were at the cottage or you're outside for a couple of days and you came back on the screen. I'm like, what happened to you, man? Like it was like the full well, sunglass we- tan. Like you got that going a bit right now. Yeah, I know. I'm not I'm not purposely tanning. I'm just out there doing water slides with kids and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I remember being at the cabin there. We had a couple of cool interviews and some big news come through the summer that we had to jump on for. That could have done it too. Out in BC on the shoe swap. It's uh whew, that's God's country out there in the summertime. So that would make the most sense. So Rosie, you got a couple of videos for you to break down before we get into last night's uh, seven three B town of Vegas. Uh, number one, everybody wants Chris Tanev in, uh, in this market. How about Brandon Tanev? Uh, mm-hmm. Connor Garland, poor, poor boy, just got the full lawnmower treatment last night. Well, you had to go. Oh my god! <laughs> How do you get out of that? Do you just like he bailed at the end? But I mean, you're getting absolutely fist fed hunched over at the waist and Garland was all up in his face to start that fight. Right. Like he's all up, just trying yanking on him, put his, uh, you know, I think, I think he started, if I'm not mixing up with a different fight, like wanted it bad. It's like, you want a piece of it? I'll break you one off right now. And old baby, he was starting the lawnmower on that guy. And he's hunched over Garland at the waist, just beating them. Like pop your head up and try to stop that. (laughs) Try to stop the consistent uppercuts you're eating, do something other than what you're doing. And he didn't really get the memo and holy smokes. Tanev was, that's one of the more decisive, like, Oh boy, that went bad for the guy that I've seen in a, in a little while. Just obvious the, city. Those Tanevs are, are cut from a different cloth. Uh, I didn't expect that. Like I, I I've obviously known Chris Tanev's game for quite a bit of time. Brandon Tanev, I think has been a really, really good depth, like complimentary piece in his, in his day in the NHL. And I think he's been great for Seattle was great for Pittsburgh, but I didn't know he had that in him. And I know it's Connor Garland. Uh, and he hung in there. I think I give him a lot of credit. Some players would have just turtled and call it a day like Nick Cousins. So unprovoked attack. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> I I he was mad. He was pissed off. You could see it in his face. He's just like, you sucker, as he's feeding him every last time. When a guy gets actually mad in a fight and is literally like venting on a guy, it's like, oh, it's a, it's kind of another <laughs> level and it's fun to watch. So Good on him. And yeah, Garland uh, is probably licking his wounds this morning saying, I might go about that kind of thing a little bit differently next time. Do you remember a specific fight in the NHL where you were actually like hot under the collar? I think the majority of the time, and maybe you can disagree, like when fights happen, guys are not like pissed off. They just have a job to do. You remember a time where you're actually like fucking angry and you had to snap? Um, I just remember I hit Mark Frazier in the corner when I was with Philly in Toronto and Orzy just came out of nowhere and just fed me the lumber. And it was so hard and forceful and intentional that it would have made Morgan Riley's cross check look like tykes hockey, but it caught under my shoulder. Well, you could say it glanced. You could say the initial point ah. of contact was not, the, <laughs> but it got under here and then it came and went into my mouth and like, I was all fat mouthed and bloody a little bit, like not split me open or anything, but it like got me. But I was like, if my shoulder pad wasn't there, you tried to take out my entire front row, man. I was furious. And, uh, and we were, we were tied up by the linesmen and they weren't letting us go. And Frazier was, I think I heard his knee bunged up his knee on the ground. And, uh, I was like throwing my elbow pads at Orzy. I was so hot under the collar, but usually, you know, it's pretty composed and just part of the biz, but sometimes you get actually pissed, but. So the real truth comes out why uh, Colt Nor won't come on this podcast. It all makes sense now. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know, man. Guy doesn't like pods, he says. I don't. Yeah, do a lot pods. of people don't like pods. That's the uh, response I get from the majority of people we ask. We won't name names. People don't <laughs> like podcasts. They don't like radio. They don't like podcasts. They don't like TV. Just leave me the fuck alone kind of thing. I should, I should keep working Big D on and get him on. I don't know. <laughs> He's like right there, but still like 
uh, let's just have a beer in a car. And I'm like, or we could do an it podcast. How about that? I wonder how he'd be. It'd be fun to pick his brain. I don't know if, I wonder what kind of sound bites you get out of that guy. He's pretty status quo on his interviews, you know, as a player. I wonder if he'd feed you anything good and special. There's a couple things I could bring up that might make him chuckle. We should keep working them. Yeah, I love how you just threw him under the bus because I didn't name names there. But if you read in between the lines what Rosie just said, there's your answer. Um, is what it is, Double D on? Yeah, I suppose so. I, I would just love to ask him about the whole infamous Brian Burke story. That'd be so cool if we had Dion Phaneuf and Brian Burke on the same podcast and we talk about that day. And you always talk about this when he came into the room after they acquired him from Calgary. And then Burke went crazy. He was gushing over him playing the boombox and playing the music and being the DJ in the room. And uh, the media just overplayed it. I, I'd love Phaneuf's perspective on all that. We barely got it. It was a big moment in history. Oh, God, it was so dumb. He just mentioned, yeah, he comes in, makes himself at home, fits in right away. You know, first thing he does is grab the the music box and starts playing some things and getting the guys ready for practice. And the media was just like, oh, yeah, we got, oh, my God, what a leader. I was just like, Jesus, settle down. He put a song on, but he was a big music guy. We actually had the same taste, like some weird alternative 90s shit and stuff. And he'd be like, Rosie, this is like my playlist. And he actually had good tunes. So I was all right when he was uh, when he had the conch. When I heard you used to hang out with Dion Phaneuf uh, after hours, um, not just on the ice, uh, I knew you were a beauty. I've, I've heard some great things about Dion too. So, <laughs> Have you? Yeah. yeah, he goes out and does it. He's a, he's a pretty good dude, man. Like he's uh, like he'll go help you. If you're on the side of the road with a flat tire, I think he would go help you. And, um, you know, he, he rubbed guys the wrong way a lot of the time and, and kind of picked on guys and tried to get the most out of them in that way, which drove guys crazy. Um, he talked a lot and he had a pretty high pitched voice. So it just got like incessant Dion noise drove guys a little <laughs> bit crazy, but at the end of the day, man, he was, uh, I thought he was, he was good to me. He was a positive guy. He'd go out of his way to help you, I believe. So, I mean, that says a lot right there. I, I don't have a lot of bad things to say against about Dion because people, especially from Calgary, um, come up and go, what was that asshole like? And I was like, easy. He's he's just fine, man. He's a very unique personality, very big personality, um, but not a bad guy. So speaking of bad guys or not bad guys, you remember our boy Cletus last year in Dallas, the fan fight? I do. So... Uh, we pulled apart another really good fan fight, uh, the Devils and Rangers, where the Rangers just handed it to their rivals, the New Jersey Devils. We had another fan fight take place. Just watch closely. I want you to break it down. Oh, boys. Oh, another guys are coming in. They're in the face. Railings between them. Oh, oh this guy. Uh, the second buddy comes in, mean in business. I Boom! Oh, no, a headbutt? <laughs> Oh, that's so cheap, man. Face-to-face. That's why you don't get face-to-face. You don't have some maniacs in a head, but you do you know how easy it is to just crunch your <laughs> nose with a head? Like, just shatter your nose. You'll never breathe the same. You'll snore forever now. Like, just brutal. Brutal headbutt. I'm not for it. If you want to give a guy a little warning that we're going, oh, it's all good, but the phantom headbutt's a little bit grease, is it not? That's that's uh, That's Jersey, baby. Yeah, I was watching your podcast. Um, what's it called again? Department of what's it called? The Department of Discipline. Yes, the I always want to say player safety. The Department of Discipline. And you were talking about the backstroke punch or whatever it's called. Yeah, you see that? You you hate that, but it, I think it's the dirtiest move. If you're gonna scrap and you're drunk and a, I think it's stupid to fight over a fucking professional hockey team or sports. There are bigger things in life than a fucking game on a Thursday night. 
in like late February, but that's beside the point. If you're going to scrap, just just throw punches. Like this headbutt shit's bullshit because the guy wasn't expecting that, you know? It's a cheap, uh, it's a cheap shot, no doubt about it. Yeah, I don't know what to get to the so hot under the collar where you're in like a public place with security and everything, and you're yeah. going to start physically scrapping another grown man. Like, how could that? Like, how could that be anything but just a terrible, terrible choice? But uh, you know, boys get those uh, those beers in them at those places, and uh, and things start to look a little. Uh, a little more inviting to cross certain lines and, and act like an idiot. I've seen it quite a few times. I was actually at that game. that's like legendary now where that streaker was buck naked up on the flames glass and was going to run across the ice naked. And he fell and conked his head on the ice and was just out cold on the ice, buck naked <laughs> face up. <laughs> Me and my brother were there just yelling, are we seeing things? And we're just like, that's weird. What a little blip on the radar, but they show it like forever and ever and ever. That was like 15, 20 years ago now. Really is infamous. Uh, speaking of infamous, uh, jacked up for today's guest. We got Coach Q. Joe Quenville's coming up in about 20 here. I love it, man. He's like my guy. Like the way everyone that's played for this guy. Oh, he's just like, he's just that perfect blend of like, you respect him. You don't run over him. You are not the boss he is, but he cares deeply for his players and is fair and honest. And fuck, what a, what a track record with the Blackhawks. So, um, excited to interview him he's kind of always been the guy him and paul maurice like for a long time even back when i was playing i was like god i'd like to play for one of those guys they just seem like they they're a guy that you'd want to go through a wall for and uh i don't imagine he'll be on the shelf for too much longer if he wants to get back to coaching in the national league yeah it was fun i was exchanging texts with q last night and uh the best thing that stood out for me was the fact that he called austin matthews one of his favorite players that he's never coached so I uh, can't wait to get his opinion on 52 tucks in 55 games. The guy's on a different planet. He scores every night. It's absolutely bonkers. At the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube, at the Leafs Nation 401. Once again, smash that like button, uh, smash that subscribe button. Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast, make sure to keep uh, and and give us a five-star review. Leave us a review as well. That'd be fantastic. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off. Up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25. All in uppercase, 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change. Terms apply. So six straight victories, 10 of 12. They're 21-5-2 versus the Western Conference. What a dominating performance. I know there was a ticket glitch last night at T-Mobile Arena where the fans couldn't get in the building on time. and. If you missed that start, uh, you were in for a pleasant surprise if you got in there with, say, like five minutes remaining in the first period. It was four Cobb Leafs after one. What a start, man. Yeah, they just peppered them, dude. Like, and this is what I'm talking about. Like, th- we talked about this being the big test. And again, on, on Saturday there against Colorado, like the big boys, you know, you're not playing Anaheim anymore, but don't do anything differently. And you're in control. Don't worry about what they do. Don't change your shit. Just put the blinders on. Everyone on the same page. Focus up. We got work to do again tonight. We know what it feels like. We have to put the hammer down as soon as puck drop starts. And that's exactly what they do. And it's just like, you know, the secondary scoring. I was just like, what are they just like, like take confetti and just wing it across the dressing room, wherever it lands on that guy gets goals and points tonight. Like it was just like, who, who is like spread across the whole thing. 
which is great. You don't want to rely on your core four 24 seven. You don't want to have to have Austin Matthews score four goals in order for you to have a chance at winning. And that is not the case right now. Although he is scoring a lot and helping them, you know, blow teams out and have very convincing wins and 60 minute efforts, which is just stuff we haven't seen out of this group in, in quite a long time. And it, it is certainly encouraging um, but needs to continue. And, you know, uh, that was a big step against the Vegas Golden Knights. I know they were depleted and they didn't have their their hottest uh, lineup dressed. But nonetheless, you, you go in there and, and you put on that kind of a performance. That was a well-rounded hockey game front to back. Here's uh, the answer to your trivia question. Matthew Nyes was the only forward without a point in that game. Dude, the fourth line went to pound town last night. Like they, they did what Vegas has done so successfully since they came into this league. Ryan Reeves in that line, Holmberg, David camp. I mean, they accounted for two goals. Holmberg even set up Austin Matthews for number 52. Like we talk about this team coming in waves, coming in droves. And, and that was like a prime example of a game where every line brought something different to the table and they just were relentless. And I know there's some, there were some blips in that game, the start of the second period, the start of the third period, but all things considered, it was finito after the first period. I, I was so impressed, man. We've been waiting for that all season long where they come in droves and waves, and I, I saw it last night. Yeah, exactly. Every line is buzzing, doing something. They have a role. Like before, you know, the first half of the season, they were doing fine or whatever, but it was just like there's so many holes. And if you just kind of open up that door a little bit more to some of the gaps in your in your lineup and your roster and your character and your style of play, like it just gets so exposed. And you're just like, how are you supposed to win with with these clear holes in your game? And it just became frustrating. It's like, yeah, maybe they snuck one out against Buffalo because Mitch had three assists. Okay. But it's just not convincing, right? And and this hockey that they're playing, while I get it, it's just a six-game heater and everybody kind of goes on those, the decent teams anyways. Um, but it's the way they're winning. It's it's top to bottom. It's waves. Exactly what you say. You don't have to have Austin Matthews and Mitch on the ice for 25 minutes in a game because, you know, you can you just come at them with your next line. You just come at them with your next line. And like, that's what good hockey looks like when you're overwhelming the other team. It's not just your, your star players are opening up seams and creating scoring chances every single second. Like you're getting the puck deep. You're wearing them down. You're making their defensemen turn and go get the puck with pressure. You're, you're taking away the walls. So they don't have options. The more they panic, the more you take away the outside, the more you wedge them to one side of the ice, the more they're going to have to go through the middle. That's going to cause turnovers. You just come at them and then you get the fourth line out there and they fucking bang and crash the defensemen hit everything that moves, knocking pucks out of air, just dumping it deep again. And, D-men are like, get me the fuck off the ice, man. Like, line change. And then you get, you know, Nylander's line out there. And then you get, and everyone's buzzing, man. And everyone's going. And you got all that talent. It's just like, if your defensemen are just moving the puck up and keeping it out and your goalie's having a decent night, you will do that with that attitude. And it just looked awesome, man. I was very happy to see it. Um, it's what we've been begging for, for, for the whole season. And it's nice that we know now that they can put that together. They can have that that depth throughout their lineup and get the stuff out of their secondary type players. And it's starting to look like this is a team that could do good things in the playoffs where before there was a whole lot of, a whole lot of question marks. So I hope they're, I hope they're imprinting this into their DNA right now. Cause it, it looks fantastic. Man, everybody's lucky this camera only goes to my uh, mustache on my shirt here because I'm still rock hard. Like the, the depth scoring, like you mentioned it off the top. That, that's a big story for me. Max Domi was great. David Kampf was great. Uh, Holmberg, uh, McCabe kicks off the scoring. When, when you can 
take some of the pressure and the stress off Austin Matthews scoring every fucking goal for you, I think you're feeling great about it. Like, he still scores in that game. But, like, to me, that's the bigger story is that I come out of that game and I'm like, you know what? Core four was fine, but they still scored seven goals. Like, when the Leafs are providing depth scoring like that, they are a hard team to beat, and that's why we've seen them win a lot of games lately. Although, again, it's been McMahon a lot. It's been Nylander a lot. It's been Matthews a lot. But it was a different story on Thursday night. Yeah, I haven't had the chance to go crunch the like the ice time numbers, but you know, I think I mentioned it yesterday. But to sp- I think that could maybe give Sheldon Keith the confidence to spread that out a little bit, you know, to you know, the more just because they're the best quote unquote players on the on the team, sure they're gonna play the most minutes, but like where's that line? And I'd like to ask Quenville that as well. Like, you know, the more time you put Mitch out there, like absorbing an amount of time. Is that too much time? Like he needs his X amount of scoring chances or opportunities to to feed that puck into a scoring position and make his plays. And then anything more than that, like is he, is he going to be tired? Is is that where the kind of brain dead mistakes come from? Is that where the lackadaisical effort comes from? Like he's just gassed. Is that where some of those brain dead, low percentage, high risk plays come from? Is he just gassed playing too much? You, you start to be able to facilitate some of that ice time towards some of the other players out there who are very capable as have been shown here during this run. All of a sudden, you can back off those guys a little bit and be like, let's just put you out there when you've got your best stuff. We don't have to rely on you that hard. And you'll give us, you know, 100% of what you got rather than 85% of, you know, stretch that out over so many more minutes. I, I like to go crunch the numbers and see if that's happening. But it's just nice to see it get spread out, spread the wealth and just looks like a a team like with a, a lot less holes in it, really. Well-oiled machine is the way I would phrase it for this Leafs team the last sort of while against uh, six straight victories. Um, who would have thought, um, you know, changing lines again? Because we've been talking about this ad nauseum the last couple of years. But I, I really, really like what I've been seeing from that Bertuzzi, uh, Domi, Nylander trifecta and then you have John Tavares who scores again back-to-back games like what a story goes 28 without a five-on-five goal then scores a back-to-back game so that's a pleasant development everybody's just playing well like we haven't seen the entire team come together the way it has in the last six games and uh, we sort of scoffed and joked at the beginning of the whole Morgan rally thing could they use it as a galvanizing moment well Rosie sit here uh, six wins later in six games yeah, I mean, either it's a coincidence or or it did do just that. Um, you know, why some of these guys have stepped up the way they have. Maybe they felt they needed to with, you know, it started off not just without Morgan Riley. It was without uh, Johnny T and Mitch, too. And it was yeah. like, this is going to be a tough one to get to get to on the board. And they went out there and, uh, you know, and they took care of uh, St. Louis pretty well to start this whole thing off. And. I just, yeah, whatever the mentality is, man, guys deciding like, I need to help out. I need to pull my weight. You know, we're going to be depleted. Like whatever the speeches were and the meetings that Keith had, like bottle that up and try to get those guys on that page for as long as possible. Because this stuff ebbs and flows and you kind of lose focus and forget what it felt like to be in this position and to be preparing this way. But I mean, all you can do is just try to, like I said, bottle that up and and bring that every single night. But drop of the puck every game for a consistent amount of time now has been like, Ooh, are these boys ready to play? And that was not always the case in the first half of the season. It just wasn't. Sometimes it's just like, what the, f- did you even, were you even planning on playing or trying today? Or did you just think every, like, it was just, we were so frustrated for so many games and it was just a different attitude out there. And this one, you know, 
this seems to be trajecting the way that you want it to. You put the building blocks together, you learn from your mistakes, you grow and you mature as a team. And hopefully going into the playoffs, you're this mature, talented team that knows what they're doing, knows who they are, knows what works and knows what doesn't. And they bring that into the playoffs and are, are ready to destroy everybody. And, you know, they got a little ways to go before that. No question, but it's, you're just going to talk about what, the only thing you can see is that it's going fantastically right now and they're headed in that direction. Puts everything in perspective, that's for sure. It was great to see Morgan Riley back out there. They get a win with him. That was the best uh, note I can pull from that game is that they 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 won with Morgan Riley in the lineup too. I could only wonder how he felt watching five games and he's like, shit, this team's on a heater without me. So they come back and they deliver that kind of performance specifically in the first period I thought was great. Uh, two more apples for Mitch Marner. I think that's six straight games with multi-assist nights. Like the guy's on fuego 15 apples in the last six for Mitch. Uh, Bobby McMahon, it just continues coming in droves for this kid. One assist, a four-game point streak, four goals, seven points. He's got 10 points in the last six. Like, this is a developing story, but suddenly a team that had no depth like two weeks ago, uh, I know there's ups and downs and ebbs and flows of an NHL season, but uh, they're coming at you in waves, and it's just a much different look when there's a supporting cast, right? And and throwing everything into the fire, too, is the fact that we're now two weeks right to the day away from the trade deadline. And I wonder how this impact, how this could impact uh, what they decide to do between now and March 8th. I think it would imagine it would give them more confidence to, to go forward with what they have. You know, I think that was almost the consensus, even when they weren't playing their best. So um, you look at that and say, you know, there's even more reason to believe that we don't need to go unload assets, unload prospects, unload draft picks to try to get, um, you know, something changed in this locker room. These guys have proven they know how to do it. They, I can see it right now. Like they, they do have the depth. They do have guys that can step up and they do have the ability to come together and find that chemistry where every line is just switch hitting each other. And I mean, that's what everyone, every team is looking for that all season long, man. And some never find it and some find it in droves and some find it in the playoffs, but I mean, they've got it right now, and I just, I, you can only hope that they're just, you know, holstering that and understanding it and, and making it part of their their routine and their identity because they look like a, a really good hockey team in the last couple of weeks. Was that the the last we'll see of Martin Jones? Like, I was wondering that yeah. watching that game makes 23 saves. He's been a, a really, really pleasant story for this team um, since coming up from the American Hockey League. I guess Joseph Wall is not returning uh, this weekend, potentially next week. But I wonder if maybe they hold on to Jones to at least the trade deadline here. Yeah, I wonder what they'll do with them. I mean, again, whatever it is, you'll, you know, salute them and say thanks for everything. Like you did fantastic for us, everything we could have asked in the situation that came that we were worried about and concerned about. And you had one of your number one goalies go down for a long stretch of time. And, and both of them, really, he was the number one for, what seemed like a good chunk of time and he did absolutely everything you could have asked for him. So yeah, I mean, if, if wall comes back in and he's good to go and he's takes the crease or backs up to Sammy or whatever happens, I mean, what do you do with, uh, what do you do with Jones and what, what, I guess we'll find out what happens at the trade deadline. Like what is the salary? What are we looking at? Who do we have? Who did we add? Who did we delete? You know, can he stay here? Should he go down to the Marlies? Um, do you risk losing him on waivers? Do you package him in some kind of a deal for somebody who might be looking for something? I don't know. But uh, he's done his job here, certainly. And yeah, the time's probably running out, barring any big issue with another 
goaltender injury, you know, his job is basically done here and a knock on wood, unless more injuries come on. But I, I mean, you just can't predict that if, if he fits in on the roster and he can works fine. If not, I mean, you got to send him through waivers and cross your fingers. Yeah, definitely. And again, a lot's to pull from uh, the last little while for this Maple Leafs team. And I think obviously you have to be feeling pretty damn good about life right now, considering the way the team is playing six in a row. Uh, everybody's buzzing. Matthews is scoring still at an insane pace. Like every game, it's another goal. It's another goal up to 52 on the campaign in 55 games. And the 77 goal pace just continues here. Yeah. What, um, what else? What do you think of the fourth lines going on? Like, is Noah Gregor getting kind of pushed out and like, yeah, he was starting to be effective. Like I couldn't stand it where you're just standing there uselessly yelling at guys and then going and challenging a guy you would never fight in your life. And they're looking at you like, go sit down. You know, that's, it just sucks when you have that. And a lot of guys got turned into that when the, the league got so weak, but he's actually out there and banging and crashing, getting in people's faces and actually disrupting the other team, which that whole fourth line was buzzing that way and finishing the body. I mean, that is your role. That's your identity. We do not need you to score. We've got very good goal scorers. Thank you. We need you to do X and we need you to do Y and we need you to do it well. And we need you to do it safely while keeping the puck out of your net while you're in on the ice. And they've been able to do that. And I think that's a, a big part of the depth and the, you know, the security that they look like lately is because they can kind of roll lines a little bit more and you do get that, that momentum and that, you know, you put the other team on their heels, you get it deep, you bang and crash, you disrupt the hell out of the other team over there. That's, that's quite valuable, especially, you know, while you're giving Austin Matthews and Mitch and all their guys, the, you know, the quick blow on the bench and you don't have to roll them out there and double shift them. You can go towards that and it's just beneficial to the, to the game and to the team. So interesting to see what will happen there as Yarny gets back and everything else mm. starts happening. Um, kind of keeping my eye on that. It's funny they sort of been sparked by this whole change too, right? With with Domi and Tavares. And I know guys don't love like naming lines and numbering lines. Like I guess JT's a 3C now. Domi's a 2C. Two, two I think important to know yesterday too on the power play, I talked about this uh, the last couple of days, but Tyler Bertuzzi was back on PP1. I want to see a significant look, um, obviously with Morgan Riley back in the mix. So like, man, at this point, they have tried every combination possible. And it just, it, you know, everything, you know? yeah they have i that's why i don't when you say is this gonna work is uh do you like this i'm just like i don't i don't know like i don't care domi's 2c right now fine that will probably change you know and until they get off of this heater but it's kind of irrelevant to me i don't care i don't like i don't like numbering them either except for the fourth line that needs to be a specific line of guys that have a certain job to do that's quite different than everybody else's um certainly the first two lines at the top six, but I just, I don't care where these guys play. I've seen them play on so many different lines and so many different combinations that I can't even remember which ones work and which ones don't. And I don't totally agree with mixing it up that bad, but if, if you got, you know, concrete evidence that this lineup with Domi at two C and, you know, if you got John Tavares down to your three C, I mean, what a what a luxury to have, right? To have that much depth, to to be able to have anyone to even consider playing up on those those top two lines is is fine with me, man. And I don't think he minds either. If you can get production like as well as Johnny's capable of putting production together on the third line, let him rock and roll, man. Because obviously, you must have the first two lines buzzing to make that call. Definitely, definitely. And uh, you know, as you mentioned too, with Noah Gregor, um, the whole thing about who's being phased out. Um, a lot can change to now on March 8th too, right? And I think the positive story for this team is that Sheldon Keefe has options, something that has been missing throughout the season. Like even 
even Ryan Reeves, I thought was just excellent. He was excellent. Um, when it comes to that game against Vegas and that's who you need, right? Options at the end of the day. Yeah. And like playing with David Kampf and Holmberg and these guys that step up and make a difference. And, you know, Kampf is a very much a guy who could just make a huge difference in the playoffs, right? He could, he could show up and just buzz. And I mean, maybe that could be Noah Gregor too. I know he's kind of on the back shelf right now, but the way he skates, you could be absolutely just take your shifts out there and absolutely fly around after that puck, hammer everything that moves, just be complete pit bulls on the puck, get that thing towards the net and absolutely crash the net. And if anyone doesn't like it, just get your hands up and start shoving everybody. And then Rebo comes in and says, any, anyone got a problem? I didn't think so. Then you swap out your big boy line for the offensive zone draw and just keep coming at them in waves and waves. It's, it's how it looks. And uh, those guys can be different ma- difference makers. And you talk about Bobby McMahon and, you know, a Holmberg, but like camp as well could be a big time shutdown guy, a shot blocker, a PK or all that stuff. So it's just, they've got some weaponry. It's just a matter of uh, getting the most out of them. And if this Maple Leafs organization can finally like overachieve their players to play above their heads and above their contracts rather than under, I mean, that's a hundred percent what you need in the playoffs to, to have success. Every team that goes deep has guys like that, that step up and say, Ooh, he was a big piece of, of the puzzle that we didn't really rely on or wasn't a guaranteed to happen, you know, and those guys are as valuable as anybody in the playoffs. What are your thoughts on the weekend? Um, I think the prolific story for me would be Austin Matthews against Nathan McKinnon, arguably one, two right now in terms of the heart conversation. Uh, that's, that's becoming a prevailing story the last little while. Austin Matthews, two weeks ago, people were like, I'm not entertaining this conversation. And then all he's done since is score and score and score. And obviously I think he's got to be top three at least. Yeah, for sure. Like those are two big boys. I'm I'm a big fan of Nathan McKinnon, the way he plays. He's just a horse and a truck and he's not delicate out there, cute or anything. He's just a big powerhouse and skill to boot and it's got the pedigree. He's got the cup ring. He knows how it's done. So it'll be interesting for them to, uh, to face off and, and see how much not these, uh, these Leafs can continue to play with against, uh, against the abs. They handled Vegas. Pretty convincingly, man. That was a definitely a test, although they didn't have their best roster, I understand. Um, another big one here on Saturday. And yeah, the McKinnon-Matthews matchup will definitely be one that you check out. I don't know if they'll be buttonheads specifically, personally, or physically. But I think at the end of the day, you look at the score sheet and say, who came out ready to play this one? Because Saturday night game, them playing each other with the heater that uh, that Toronto's on, you know, it's it's definitely circled on both their calendars. Another measuring stick game. Um, so Jan 13th was the last time these two teams played a 5-3 win for Colorado at Scotiabank Arena. And uh, the Leafs, if you recall, were up 3-0 in that hockey game and sort of took the foot off the pedal, which has been a big story and theme with this team throughout the season. So I'm looking forward to those because I, I love the measuring stick type games. Like you play Vegas, albeit, as you mentioned, no Mark Stone, um, no Jack Eichel, among others, not making excuses. The Leafs took care of business. They, they put their foot down. But how the Leafs match up against the upper echelon teams in the league, I always wonder about that. And Colorado's got superstar after superstar. Goaltending's a bit up and down for that team. And I really want to see like another heat check game, Rosie. We talked about it on, on, on Wednesday's show or on Thursday's show leading into the Vegas game, heat check game, and they took care of business. Can they double down and do it again against the Colorado Avalanche primetime Saturday night? I can't wait. Yeah, like, well, how many of these games that they've won that have been part of this run that they're on right now would have been dropped, you know, if this were 
I don't know what their worst month was. I don't know, October, November, December, whatever. It would be so easy to drop those games, right? Like sometimes the worst thing the Leafs could ever do is get up two, three goals because it's just, just you pull right back on the throttle. Oh, that what a great start. It's just like you go into the intermission and you know, the other team was just like, are you kidding me? We are going to, you know, respond in the second period with everything we weren't prepared. I know they got some firepower, but just a pissed off speech happens in the intermission. They're coming out like this. And then out comes the other team and boom, they're looking around. It's too late. Their wheels are spinning. Everyone's looking at each other. They're confused. They're what the hell? Oh, and then it's just like, you're screaming at the TV. Like that seems like a long a long lost type of uh, team compared to what we've been watching recently, they get a guy down and they step on their throats. And yeah, there's going to be a little gas for breath like last night where, you know, at the end of the second or whatever it was, or was it third period? It looks like they're starting to make a, a bit of a push. That's fine. You're playing good hockey teams. It's the NHL and they're going to push back, but it's just like a little gas for life. And then, then the Leafs just stomp on their throats and it's game over. And they've been doing that consistently. And now you know, so far against the Golden Knights. I mean, another big performance. It's a big one. It's going to be their biggest test throughout this whole run is this game here on Saturday night against McKinnon and the Abs. And I mean, if they can do it again against them, it would be safe to say these guys have, have kind of found something. It's just wild to me how you even think about where this team was a week and a half ago. And it was like the sky was falling in Toronto. Morgan Riley suspended. They they came off just a, another ugly loss, you know, losing to the Ottawa Senators and losing Riley. To where this team is now, it's it's insane. And, you know, obviously you speak better to it. You play in this league, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows. I know Anthony Stewart always brings up five-game segments on this show. How long 82 games truly is, where there's just going to be so many ups and so many downs. That's why I love a guy like John Tavares. Nothing phases him either way. He can get a hattie or he can get, you know, a tough night where he's on the ice for five goals against. It doesn't phase him. And you need to have that mentality throughout a season, right? Yeah, that's the maturity and the experience, you know, that a guy like that has. And I mean, he's if he's going to be your captain, he's going to be the leader. And you need to look at that guy and kind of follow suit. Like, what is John's attitude right now? If things are going well, if things are going poorly, I mean, you could be on this six run heater and John's still going to be there the first guy in the morning and he's stretching, he's doing his his maintenance and he's doing his physio stuff and he's getting prepared and he's putting the work in and sneaks in an extra workout, even though it's not mandatory. All of a sudden the younger guys are just like, okay, this guy's doing things a certain way. Why is that? He's been in the league forever. He is a consummate professional. He is a captain material type player in the national hockey league. And those guys like him, whether it's going well personally or not, I think they're kind of number one MO, which is why they're wearing the C is to make sure that they're doing things right and leading the team, you know, properly throughout the ups and downs of a season. Definitely. I'm um, sorry. We're trying to connect here with Joel Quenville. We're having some tech problems. Uh, we'll try to figure that out. If we don't do them live, we'll do them in recording. This interview will come out at some point in time today. Just, you know, curious to get his perspective on this Leafs team. This road trip, Rosie has been incredible. Three straight wins given, you know, who they played. And this all started way back when, as you referenced, against the St. Louis Blues, missing a ton of guys, not just Morgan Raleigh, and the buy-in defensively. Uh, that's what I wonder about. Is it sustainable? Because, again, specifically watching that game here um, last night, there were moments it got a bit hairy and they ran around a bit. And I think it's quite clear they need at least one defenseman still. But I would love to pick the brain of, like, a Brad Tree living, see what he's thinking, how he's feeling. And 
it must be so difficult being a GM because like two weeks ago, you wonder if they were like, ah, maybe we shouldn't trade for 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 these guys and th- these pieces. Now all of a sudden you win six in a row and it's like, how can we not help these guys out, right? It changes tenfold. Yeah, a couple of different ways of looking at it in schools of thought. You know, does does that mean you don't have to make changes or does that mean, oh baby, we're looking as better than we thought. Let's really, you know, go for it this year. But I don't know. I, I just don't, uh, I just don't, like to delete the player. So what are you going to do? You start playing well as a team now and you're well-rounded and you got, you know, three solid, four solid lines that are actually rolling and contributing. So you, you think you're not going to have to delete one of those, one, two, three of those guys to make a big change. Like they're not all staying. You can't just add, you have to delete pieces as well. So you're, you just found chemistry. You just found the boys figured out how to roll together. The guys have got, you know, a new outlook and a new, you know, understanding of how this outfit works together and what the formula is and then you're going to break it up and throw in some randos like i'm not for that i I look at this team and how they're playing right now i've always said this is probably the team we're gonna have to roll with i don't sell first rounders and easton cowan and this and that like no thanks i'm not interested in unloading the farm right now the if it can't happen with this group then you know that's on them but imagine adding to this group the way they're playing right now a Chris Tanev and a solid guy that's just blocking shots and snapping around and banging bodies and being in position and just being really reliable back there. Like you add that piece to what they're doing right now. And all of a sudden you can start talking about them being a four. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And this interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battlegrounds Axe Throwing. Unlock the ultimate birthday party team building event or have a great date night with your significant other. To find a location and book an outing today, go to battlegrounds.com. That's B-A-T-L grounds.com joel quenville three-time stanley cup champion now joins us q what's going on how are you doing all right how you guys doing pretty well um what have you been up to lately uh playing a lot of pickleball um down in florida and uh pickleball heaven right around naples and uh a little bit of everything watching a lot of hockey talk to a lot of hockey people um keep a little bit involved uh, to what's going on around the league but uh you know, a little bit of golf, a little bit of tennis, a little bit of horses, a little bit of everything. Love you might that. not want to come it. back to hockey after all that by the sounds of things. Well, when it's all over, it's a uh, 
I know we'll be okay. Got a great tan. Got the muzzies uh, looking fantastic as well. Uh, I'm curious, what do you like to watch a hockey game with? Like, if I were to sit down with you like tomorrow, watching a hockey game, would you be very vocal, breaking things down, or would you just sit back and watch? When I'm watching the game now, I strictly watching for entertainment. Like you're you're watching players, the systems kind of jump out at you, but you don't. Uh, I'm more relaxed when I'm watching the game. Is no. Uh, you know, you know, you get entertained, you watch uh, Austin score another hat trick or you're watching, uh, you know, I watch again, some of the Leaf game last night. They were flying. I don't think I've ever seen them skate that well. So there was a uh, but those things are, uh, you know, you're basically watching it for uh, seeing the skill level and uh, and watching it compete level. Yeah, we've been uh, breaking it down all year, obviously. And, you know, the line juggling has been happening constant with Sheldon Keefe. He he rarely keeps the same lines. He could have success with a group and just change it up. And doesn't seem to be a lot of rhyme or reason. What's your philosophy on that? Do you like to, to mix it up and try to find the chemistry? Or do you think it's important to let guys gel and figure it out for themselves? Well, I think I'm a lot like Sheldon, where I uh, I let the players uh, dictate us who we uh, who we feel that are are deserving of more ice time, and uh, sometimes uh, the way the score is going, the way they're playing, uh, they'll get rewarded. Um, but I'm not uh, afraid to, in the course of a game, mix up the lines. I know I get a lot of uh, criticism for that as well back when I was doing it. Um, but it's it's the same thing that uh, you know players all want to play. They all want to play more. They all want to play in better situations. And uh, sometimes you earn it uh, based on uh, how you're competing and how you're playing. And sometimes, you, you know, just mixed up one guy on a line and uh, feel that little change. You could give you a little spark or a little connection amongst the three of them. Um, but, uh, you know, Toronto's got a lot of good options. We are always spoiled with so many different options. You know, everybody probably felt they deserved to be on the power play or be, deserved to be playing with a taser or a canner. Um, so there's, you know, you're fortunate to be in those positions where uh, you had all the options at your disposal, which uh, it was tough for your opponents to worry about what line they got to be concerned with. So, Q, I can picture you sitting on your couch, sitting back and watching the season unfolding for Austin Matthews, 52, 52 goals, excuse me, in 55 games. What, what, what goes through your head watching this guy play this season? Well, he's fun to watch. I can remember when I was working with Donnie in Chicago, Granado, who had him with the development program with the U.S. team. And uh, he used to say they used to beat some teams pretty bad. And then and, and Austin, by the third period, he used to have to tell Austin, OK, Austin, just take a little bit off here. And, uh, you know, just, you know, instead of winning by 12 goals, you know, maybe we win by seven or eight. But uh, he he was that uh, he had a different level of uh, ability um domination uh might be part of it uh i love the way he shoots the puck i like how he finds the way to get himself open the puck follows him around as well wants the puck all the time um you know he's uh you know he's an elite elite player you know you're talking about uh mcdavid himself uh maybe one two in the game you could argue at the end of the year um but certainly uh austin uh, is having an outstanding year um, but he entertains me how we, uh, I, I remember standing behind a bench and directly in line on one of his shots on, uh, on their power play one year. And it just, thank God it hit the post, but it was a, it was going a million miles an hour. And then, uh, basically just standing there ripping it, uh, as hard as he does without even slapping it. Uh, it's, hmm. he's got the knack. He's a great player. He sure does. On the other side of that, with the uh, players that may be struggling that you've came across, you know, we think of Tyler Bertuzzi right now, hasn't really been able to put it together as a Maple Leaf. What's your strategy for a guy like that? I mean, Tyler's played 
lots of minutes power play with all the big boys and just can goes through these you know massive slumps of 20 games without goals and what's your strategy for a guy that's struggling that you're kind of waiting for him to break out of a, a slump over the course of the season you're gonna have every guy in every different scenario where they're they're confident they're struggling they're they feel down they, they're you know they're they want more ice time uh, they're, they're and, and then they're sitting there uh, you know you're not playing with this guy you're getting removed from the power play um everybody has those times where you got to work through it uh, i always try to do things in a, in a positive way with each player um having a pretty good understanding where everybody every player where they're at when they come into work that day or to play or practice um, and then, uh, you know, we try to, uh, encourage them when the things are down. Um, I, but I think our great uh, motivator as a coach is the delegation of ice time. And, uh, you know, and sometimes guys say they have no confidence. It's, it's tough just to grab confidence out of the air and give it to somebody. But, uh, you know, there's going to be some moments over the course of a game where he has a big shift or a good shift. And then, uh, maybe, you know, you come back with him real quickly and you, you reward him, uh, maybe with a power play shift or you give him an extra shift late in the period, um, when they're going well. Um, I know even when they're not going well, sometimes you, you might uh, miss some shifts. You might take them out of the lineup, but it'll, players at that that caliber i think that uh, you know it's tough to do that but at the same time uh um there's ways of getting their attention where we got to do things differently um, we just can't keep going on like this and uh, expect this to change unless we try different things and i think that uh being open with the player and uh, telling my day well let's we got to try everything here to get you uh, back on the right track here and uh, let's work together and find a find a solution to this one of the big stories lately for this Leafs team, obviously they're winning a lot of games, but is, I guess, the demotion of John Tavares, the 3C, and Max Domi up to 2C. Um, do you like that role for John Tavares? I know the sample size is sort of small. And on top of that, uh, how does that conversation, like, where does that conversation go when it comes to, like, speaking to a veteran like John Tavares and saying, hey, we're going to take you off PP1, we're going to move you down the lineup a, a bit. How's that lineup, uh, that chat go? Excuse me. Uh, that's a hard conversation to have, but I think that uh, John is, I think he's had a tremendous career. I think he knows uh, where he's at, where he's uh, with the team, how he fit in, uh, fit in, he, how he's fitting in with the, with the club. Um, he's going to want, uh, you know, I think there's an understanding with him uh, going back to Toronto and, and playing for the Leafs and, and where he's been over the last, has he been there five years now or is it uh, how many years he's been there? since he's been back uh six this is your six, six years you know and yeah. it's like he understands where they you know where they're at as a team and the, and the, you know i think it's the win now mode they're in i think that anything you can do to help the team in that situation uh, you find a way to fit in and i think that he has a really good understanding of where what their needs are and uh anything this you know to stay positive internally with his own game but at the same time i think he knows that he can be a valuable contributor uh, just by being positive around the team and uh, adding everything he can and 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 maybe not in a bigger way but in in his own way um and you got to look at max last night i never seen him skate like that and when he picked up that puck there outside yeah. the blue line i'm saying holy god i didn't know he's that quick and he makes a nice finish on the play but obviously he seems like he's excited about uh, a little a little more work and a little bit more uh, quality ice time so Q, you've been in the pro hockey game and not, not trying to date you, but since 1978, <laughs> you've been to all kinds of different organizations and cities and everything in between. You've seen it all. Let's just hypothetically say every team in the NHL has got an opening head spot position and they all want you. <laughs> where, where are you leaning towards? <laughs> well, I, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, there's a lot of good opportunities around the game. You've seen, uh, 
you know, all the coaching changes this year, a number of them uh, have had some success, you know, Edmonton, you know, LA recently, uh, you know, Patrick going in the aisle right now and probably had a tough night last night, but certainly uh, they're all, you know, everybody has their run. And I think when you got an awareness to where teams are, as far as their reality of uh, being a championship team or being a uh, cup contender and maybe being a playoff team, I think uh, this year's, the parody in the game is so tight. It's, uh, you know, a number of teams feel like they, they made inroads of maybe being a playoff contender. Um, but who's the best team this year? You could argue every, uh, every two teams in every division. And then you got uh, the other teams that are going to make, uh, you know, a good comparison against those groups. But, uh, um, you know, they say there's one place in particular. Um, uh, I'm not being picky and I'm not going to really, I don't, I don't really have a, they're all, they're all the same basically when I'm watching, watching hockey. You're nice. being modest. 1978 <laughs> NHL amateur draft. The Toronto Maple Leafs select you in the second round. Uh, what do you remember about being drafted by the Leafs? You ended up playing 99 games as a Maple Leaf. I remembered uh, getting uh, drafted. I remember going uh, with Roger, um, Roger coaching us right off the bat. Uh, yeah, you know, I was, uh, I remember when I got traded with Lanny to, to, to Colorado. I've been talking to him over the last, uh, uh, couple of weeks. Uh, thank God he's doing much better. And, uh, yeah. talking, texting uh, him and his daughter. Um, I remember, uh, you know, I was playing with Borea. Salming was one of my, uh, you know, late Borea. He was a terrific guy to come and breaking in as a leaf. You no, know, just give him the puck, get out of the way, let him go. He was spectacular, uh, as a partner and, uh, wow. Could he, could he skate and move and, uh, what a great player. Um, I see some Leafs there last year. We're down here in uh, Naples and uh, Patty Boutet's down here. Got to play pe- golf with Patty Boutet, Mike Palmatier, and Doug Favell. That, talk about a foursome. So we had a, we had a fun day talking about uh, Leaf days and uh, with Booter and, and Palmy on that team. We we're talking about uh, Roger and uh, some of the fun t- situations we had. But we had a good team there that year. That was a, uh, you know, Tagger and can't say and Daryl and, you know, you name it. It was a, a totally. good group, and they were they were great for a young kid like me coming into the game. Uh, you know, not having any clue what to expect, and uh, but they were really, uh, really supportive and really uh, welcoming. That's nice. What uh, you know, when I look back to your days with the Blackhawks, it's pretty hard not to call that a modern day dynasty. What you guys accomplished there, I was wondering what you see in this Maple Leafs team. Some of the similarities that can compare to your teams in in uh, in Chicago, and what some of the differences are. Well, we had a uh, oh, we had a we had a lot of good players. We had a we had a great team. Um, a lot of balance. Uh, the teams changed. Uh, all three different cups were uh, different makeups. Um, a couple some real staples. So when you got a guy like Taze, uh, Taser, as far as being a competitor, I don't know if I've ever seen a better competitor or work with one uh, better than him. Um, just every, every, every game, the, the games got bigger. He just rose to the challenge and uh, made sure everybody was up for it. Um, but you, you look at uh, Kaner, I, the players that we had, uh, Hosa gets underestimated what he brought to the team. Duncan, Siebes, Crawford was uh, instrumental in cups. We had guys underrated like uh, a Yalmerson, you could say sharp. We had a uh, number of guys, that, and, and, but our team was cut competitive and tough and uh, not, not maybe not the biggest team. And I think teams try to take uh, a little advantage of that. You know, we'd have guys like bowling. He would, you know, he would take nothing and he'd Versteeg would fight you. You know, you had buff there a couple of years. We had a lot of good options as far as that. And I know in today's game, you know, 
the game's getting back, but you got to have some bite in the playoffs. And I think Toronto uh, going through this period where they're at right now, um, you know, you look back at that incident after the Ottawa game, I was watching that game. And I think that you could argue about what the kid did on Ottawa. And I'm sitting there, you know, guys are trying that stuff nowadays, you know, whether it's a Michigan player, this player, the stupid play he made or whatever, you could argue about it. And then you, you look at Toronto, probably a, one of the low points of their season right at that moment. And, uh, you know, you got to commend. I, I think that, uh, what are you, what are you going to do in that situation? You might not say that he went about it the right way, but I think that, uh, that, that type of play could have been a defining moment for the team and the organization that that was the play this season that turned it around got everybody's attention you watch how they responded with the five game suspension how they played with them and without them when he came back last night hey they're uh that was a uh that was a great moment maybe not the guy you would expect to do it from that made it even better hey that's leadership and that's something i want to follow up with you like quantifying what this six game win streak actually means in five in a row without Morgan Riley. Like why did it, how did, how does it get to that level where you can look at that and be like, that's a galvanizing moment. Cause I always like to circle back to last year. I'm sure you're aware of it. Keith Kachuk went on the radio in Toronto called his son's team soft. And the next thing you know, the Florida Panthers go all the way to the Stanley cup final before ultimately falling short to Vegas. So I'm just trying to figure out, is this real or not for this Leafs team and why they needed something like this to get cooking like this? Well, you certainly, uh, the guys responded in the right way, what, be it what they said and how they backed it up. And, uh, and then last night was uh, with everybody back again. Uh, it looked like, uh, you know, they're on to something there. And I find that uh, the defining moments are going to happen in uh, every playoff round that you're going to go around in and go through. Um, there'll be always that moment that one way or the other, that was the, the, the key to getting through a series. Um, whether it's a play like that or it's going to be a situation or it could be a meeting, could be uh, anything, but there's always something you can fall back on and say, Hey, this is going to get it. That, that got us through there, but uh, you got to recapturing and reinventing yourself each and every day and each and every round of finding that uh, little something that uh, can push you and you can rally around it. Q as we get closer to getting, you know, Joseph wool back after a high ankle sprain, Depending on how that goes, do you like just having a number one goalie and it's his crease and he's he's the main number one and the next guy's two? Or do you mind when guys are kind of switch hitting and no one knows who's the number one and they're both, you know, potentials to have that spot? Would you rather do that or do you like it having being clean and cut? Uh, ideally, you'd rather have a one guy and 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 a, and a one B or two B or whatever you how you want to phrase that. But it's a, a situation where. You know, making that decision of uh, whether you're rotating uh, over a course of a season. Um, I like, you know, the guy gets hot. You don't really want to take him out of the net. You might let him go a little bit. Um, but if you do got, uh, you know, the one guy, key guy, he knows he's going to be playing when it counts. And uh, and that's usually how it play, plays out over the course of the season. But in the playoffs, I mean, uh, we've... We've gone uh, to the other guy a couple times when it's probably not uh, advised or it's not uh, the way it looks like it's going to be and uh, and made some changes. But it's a on, an, on a need basis, uh, you know, I, I felt before earlier in my career, I'd probably be pulling goalies a little bit more. Now I'm probably more patient with them because you got an understanding of how what they go through and uh, how they, they're going to respond to that. Um, knowing that they feel that they, they're going to just they're going to get back on their feet in the middle of a game, but I always say you know we make changes with the players. Um, they move, they lose some ice time, or they miss some shifts, and uh, you know uh, maybe you got to you know I got to be consistent in how we run the bench and knowing that uh, performance matters. What's your uh, stance on the trade deadline? Two weeks away today. 
Well, I think as an organization, you got so many different things you got to be uh, concerned with as far as making deals now with the cap is being so constrictive on uh, a lot of top teams. And uh, that that's the key uh, ingredient, I guess, when you're looking at uh, what's available and what you can go shopping for. But I always found as a, if you you know, your team in the playoffs and if you can improve it any which way um it's appreciated by you know, the coaching staff for sure and then players uh you know welcome that as well sometimes it gets a little tight on the the guy that might be compromised in, in his positioning or his ice time um as a player we always know as jl say that they hey, hey the worst toughest thing in the business is moving or getting traded um but at the same time uh your names are out there in uh, discussions on uh you know who who's going to get traded and all of a sudden your name's getting bandied about. That's not the the most enjoyable time either, but uh, part of the game, get through it. Uh, some teams, uh, I've never had a problem usually going in and out of the trading deadlines um, as far as, you know, the team getting distracted by it. Um, I always find that uh, trying to get the welcome mat out for the guy coming into the team and make him comfortable right away is important. Um, but I've had, uh, we've had a number of different guys coming in, uh, you know, whether we trade them an older guy for a first round pick or this and that, and some have uh, been great additions. Some have been, uh, been fine, but I always think that, uh, the guys, uh, do a great job of welcoming them and making feel comfortable as quickly as possible and, uh, welcoming into this team and the community as well. Okay. Q, we'll get you back on the pickleball court with this. Uh, what are the chances we see you back behind an NHL bench? Um, Good question. Um, I, I, I can't put a number on it. Fair enough. Okay. Thank, thank you so much for your time All today. Right. And we, uh, we want to link up down the road. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys, for having me. Thanks, Q. Appreciate your time. The Botano Wrap-Up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Major announcement, Botano is the official partner of Copa America 2024, taking the beautiful game to new heights in the Americas, joined Botano on their journey of passion, unity, and unforgettable football moments. Uh, the one thing I will be playing coming up on Saturday, Rosie, is uh, the Nathan McKinnon shot prop. That's been on fuego. This guy shoots the puck like crazy. I'll be playing that, the Austin Matthews shot prop. I'm just in general looking forward to this one. Colorado and the Toronto Maple Leafs, two juggernauts going toe-to-toe and the Maple Leafs red hot on fire trying to go for seven in a row here. Yes, yes. It's kind of the, uh, you know, it's kind of the big one on the measuring stick department where they got some good, some good teams coming up and they're playing good hockey. And all right, let's see how good we are. And let's see if it's fragile or if it's solid or if it's concrete. And, you know, Saturday night will be a big test. So afterwards, I hope we're, uh, I hope we're licking our lips saying we may have found something here, boys, because this, these guys look legit right now. It's not a little three game skid. If they can put their eighth in a row together here or whatever it is against the big boys and, you know, clean up on the avalanche and, and the Vegas golden Knights too. It's like, well, what's, what's left to say. They're obviously playing good. They're obviously looking pretty legit. They've obviously found something and uh, that's a good place to be in uh, Leafs nation. So at the Leafs nation four one Leafs morning, take wherever you find your podcast to so put out in podcast form. Uh, so stay tuned, have a great weekend, enjoy the Leafs and the avalanche. And we'll talk on Monday. Take care. And thank you to producer Vic as well. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.